It's time for Fantasy Football Semi-Pros. That's right. <laughs> nice night over there. I can see this every day. <laughs> All day long. Welcome to Dynasty Saturday for the Fantasy Football Semi Pros. I'm Brandon. With me is Ryan. Ryan, how are you today? What is up? Hey, I'm not too bad. I'm not working today, so that's a good thing, right? Not working. College football's on. You got Heck UFC fights yeah. later. Heck yeah. Wrapping the Purdue gear, even though you can't really see it on this shirt because it's old. Violence. <laughs> wow, Purdue's not looking too hot right now. But anyway. All right, so as we talked about, we're going to go over some rookie prospects, uh, some that could be drafted in this next draft class. Yep. So you can start getting an idea on who you need to go out and watch, who to pay attention to. So if you are in a dynasty league, you know, you're more prepared, which in the end, that's all a rookie draft is, is who's more prepared. Right. You got to know who's coming out and where they go. Um, a lot of a lot of the rookie draft really, man, in a dynasty league, it really, really depends on where they end up. These dudes could have the highest caliber grading, ranking, whatever you want to put it as, but if they end up, man, it could be another couple years before they even pan out if they pan out at all. There is some to that. I will say, yeah, be careful with that because Clyde Edwards-Layer, we thought, landed in a great environment, and he's not really producing. Finally got rid of him. Whereas uh, DeAndre Swift, he landed on a team who hadn't had a 100-yard rushing, rushing running back in years. Well, you got to take a look at who was there. <laughs> well, still at the same time, and they're, they're a bad team. But honestly, DeAndre Smith, Swift is in a good position. So not necessarily – you do want to take that into a factor, but you also want to know who has the talent. So – yeah. <clears throat> What we're going to do today, Ryan's going to give you his observations. This is going to be mostly his podcast. I'll throw in some... Monster, the official drink of Ryan Coons. Not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, I'll throw in some of my observations as well. But in the end, as we mentioned in our last podcast, you're going to want to watch these guys for yourself so you can make an informed decision. Uh, we'll go over some stats, but... Stats in college aren't going to tell you the full story. They've got to pass the eye test. Right, and that's my job. So, what we're going to start with now, we're going to start with our QBs for the 2022 NFL Draft. So, Ryan has his own rankings. We're going to kind of go through that. We'll talk about the top five. And then after that, he'll give quick... Uh, quick <clears throat> honorable mentions, so to speak. Yeah, honorable mentions. He'll give some... Keep eyes on these guys. Observations on these guys, but it's going to be a lot quicker. I like that. Keep eyes on these guys. <laughs> I'm patent pending that. And that could, that's fine. That's going to be our dynasty segment. Keep eyes on these guys. Alright, so like, like Brandon said, we're going to start with QBs. I think right now, and I said it after week one, I think the QB to really that should be number one and he's my number one right now if I need a QB in Dynasty the guy I'm looking at right now he's only a sophomore the, this really depends on if he's coming out or not right if, he, if he's gonna declare for the NFL draft but my guy is from Ole Miss Matt Corral Corral now, before he goes any further than this I will say right now there's no clear-cut number one 
quarterback out there. Right. Yeah, they're there, all. There's six man. guys that could be that potential number one. We don't have that. There's two or three guys competing for that number one overall spot. This QB class, they could be solid, but at the same time, there's no elite guy standing out yet. Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. You're absolutely right. But my number one right now, and th- and this could this can change. <clears throat> kind of piggybacking off of what you said, this could change as the season progresses. Um, I mean, the SEC, Matt Corral, Ole Miss, they're about to get into the SEC conference uh, opponents. We'll, we'll see how they fare. Uh, they're on a bye week this week, but then they, they, they take on Alabama next week. So we'll see. But my notes on Matt Corral here from Ole Miss, uh, this, this kid can get the ball out of his hands fast. He's got a very quick release. He's extremely accurate. Uh, he runs the RPO, the run pass option, better than any quarterback I've seen right now um, at the college level. This kid, man, and not only is his, his arm strong, his arm strength is up there with the best of them, but he makes decisions quickly, and he, he he's usually right on his decision-making, um, which goes into like his reprogression is solid when it's not an RPO. Uh, I mean, but at the end of the day, he does have a pretty solid offensive line in front of him. So he does have the time to make it through his reads. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But he's he's also very agile and very mobile. He he can beat you with the arm and his legs. You know um, what quarterback he's reminding me of? Which one? Deshaun Watson. Their play style is very similar. They both have good arms and make quick decisions. Yeah. And they both yeah. can move. They can make plays on nothing. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I, I, but Matt Corral, man, he's impressed me every snap of the ball. I, he rarely makes bad decisions. Um, just going off the stats right now, he he has nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. I, that that's pretty good, if you, in my opinion. Um, Thirty-five carries, one hundred and sixty-three yards. I can't really pull over the rushing touchdowns right now. Yeah. Um, but. And I mean, he's, he's accurate too. He's sixty-eight percent. He's he's just under sixty-nine percent throwing. He's had a couple tough games so far too. I can't remember who all he's played. I don't have who he's played yet. I know at least their down. first or second game was against decent opponents. There wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, they opened up against Louisville. Louisville, Louisville that's what I was thinking. Louisville, and that I mean, they ran rub shot all over them. They they run a play every seventeen seconds, so on average. So I mean, he's quick on his feet. <laughs> he's quick with his arm. Uh, right now, he's he's the clear winner in in my opinion on who is the number one overall overall QB in this class in this potential draft class for this coming year. All right, so second I see on here, you have Brennan Armstrong of Virginia. He looked bad last night, and I'm willing to admit this this guy. Um, it's not going to tell the full story. Last night's game against Wake Forest is not going to tell the whole story. He was under uh, a boatload of pressure last night. What I do like about Brennan Armstrong from Virginia is he's got good arm strength. He's a lefty. Um, for some reason, that seems to play with defenses a little bit. Maybe it's just at the college level. I don't know. But, I mean, he's got good read progression. He can get through his reads quickly and accurately. Uh, he's a big fella. Um, in high school, he played safety. And you know he was asked, "Would you, would you prefer more, you know, making tackles or running over people as a quarterback?" And he said, "There was, he goes, there's nothing like mowing down a wide receiver coming over the middle, 
but nothing compares to running over linebackers, <laughs> right? And that was my same mentality when I played even at, you know, 5'10", 155 pounds back in the day. Uh, I just love to make contact. So to know that he I, likes contact is pretty good. He's, yeah, he's a good runner. This, he's you, a good got, runner. you do want those athletic quarterbacks. Those guys that can move, that can create plays with their feet. But he separates himself from RG3 and the other guys that didn't really make <clears> it as mobile runners, running QBs in the NFL. He's got good size. He, I, I don't have it written down, but is he kind of like a Cam Newton build? He's bigger than Cam Newton. He he's good size, good not not. I'm gonna run by the entire defense speed, but yeah. he he's he's a good athlete. We'll just say he's a good athlete, and he's got the tools to be really really good. All right, I haven't watched much of him at all, so I can't really put much. Last into this, night was the one game I saw of Virginia, so I will say like Brian loves college football. I watch it, but I don't really start my analyzing until. The off season. I'm watching. I want to see how the season progresses. Are you yeah. a slow start? Are you a fast start? And then, or are so, you up here and stay up here? Are you up here and go down? Are you down here and go up? It. it mm-hmm. There's a lot to tell the story, man. So your next one, uh, we have Sam Howell of North Carolina. I want to throw some thoughts in on him. All right, let's hear it. I know his first game. He he really struggled. He, he looked bad. He really did. Yeah, he did. He did. But I think since then he's bounced back. Correct. Yeah, and that's kind of my. That was in my notes as well. He had a really, really rough game one. Um, pretty, but watching yeah, him one, since he threw three, three, threw three interceptions. That's a good team. He played a good team. I don't think it was Virginia Tech. Okay, Virginia Tech's pretty, pretty solid. They're not terrible, but they're not Alabama. But they're a pretty solid team. Um, I mean, but on the season, he's throwing sixty-three. He, he's completing sixty-three percent of his passes, and he's almost at a thousand yards already. That's through three weeks, right? Uh, he puts up numbers. Um, one thing I don't like about him, and I even have it noted, uh, he, he's got a strong arm and he's accurate, but he doesn't make very good decisions yet. Uh, great athlete, again, great athlete. Can he's mobile? He can beat you on the ground. Uh, he can beat you through the air, but he makes bad decisions right now. And that can be fixed. That, that can be that caught. can be fixed. Uh, you just you just gotta get in the right QB room with the right QB coach, uh, and they they can fix that. They can fix that. He's got the talent to be a stud, especially at the next level. But there's some developmental issues that need to be addressed in ASAP. So he might be like a candidate to sit for a year behind a veteran QB. Yeah, he could be the next Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I will see. I'm, I have looked. I was looking at your the statistics that you're putting together for this, and he's averaging what 13 carries a game. Yeah, he's at 39 carries in two games. Two games, he's had over 100 yards rushing as a QB. So yeah, I mean that's the kind of QB that you're wanting in fantasy. Remember, we talked about Tom Brady versus Hertz and Daniel Jones, and how he only has six more points than them so far. Sam Howell's a more of a of a Josh Allen than a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. We'll put it that way, but he's got the potential. He's got the tools to be – yeah, he could be a vulture in the red zone for the running backs, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so our next one, we have Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. Shoot. Spencer Rattler fell down my list week one, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He went from my one to, I think, two. Um, and, and I've watched – I watched the entire game against Tulane. This kid just – he needs to develop his brain, um, and, and that's not a shot against him. All right, it's not. Yeah, he, he has um, an arm. He just does not make good decisions. He probably has the strongest arm out of the potential in the twenty twenty two NFL draft 
prospects in this position, right? At the QB position, he's got a phenomenal arm. But I think he relies on that too much. I mean, when you're in high school, you can throw in the double coverage. I, I, do it all, I do it all the time. I you can the, make those mistakes and get away. Yeah, I threw the level. DJ and Jake Kent in double coverage all the dang time, and they just came down with the ball. Um, but you can do that in high school. But now he's at the college level where – and he's playing in, in you know – the Big 12 or whatever Which it is. Which isn't a, a slack conference. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a power five conference. Yeah. The defenders here maybe not be as good as in the SEC, but they're good, right? Uh, you can't get away with throwing in the double-triple coverage. And I saw that a lot against Tulane. Um, he, he could he could easily, <clears throat> easily, easily use his legs more instead of throwing in this double-triple coverage. Yeah. Um, if he, he just If he just needs to be coached that, Throwing the ball away and losing the down isn't a bad thing. It's not a loss compared to an interception. Um, tucking it and running it isn't a loss compared to an interception. He just needs to get that through his mind. But I think mechanics-wise um, and overall talent-wise, he he could very easily jump back up this board and take number one again. But right for right now, he's my number four QB. I will say with him, like he isn't a he like his. That's doesn't show, don't show he's a runner, but if you watch him, he can move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can That's what I'm saying. Move around in that pocket. It's and his make decision. Guys miss. It's his decision making. He yeah. just needs to learn to tuck it and run. Um, but my point is, an NFL team's going to invest in this kid. He's a young talent. He's not a generational talent. He's he. I don't think he's a generational talent. I don't think there's a generational talent in here. Well, generational talent. Last one we saw before Trevor Lawrence was Andrew Luck. But I don't think he's going to be an elite QB. And I don't know that this draft class has one of those. No, not not at this point. No, nobody's really stood out. But So we'll hit your number five from this class, Jake Hayner from Fresno State. No, we'll, sorry. I, I changed it oh. after last night. Sorry. Well, we'll talk We'll talk about Hayner real quick. Yeah, we can. He was um, my honor mention. But. I watched him playing against UCLA where they upset UCLA. He brought Fresno State into a... A challenge, a team that could actually go out and challenge. The I don't know if they actually ended up winning last night or not. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, but this guy is tough as nails. In, in the UCLA game, he had a hit pointer. He could barely walk, and he led them to a game-winning drive, which is what you want to see out of a QB. Yeah, sir. He, he'd take the snap. He'd look good running the play, and then he'd walk back to the huddle hunched over. So they Fresno State did end up beating 0-3, now 0-4 UNLV last night, 38-30. to uh, The spread on that game was Fresno State by 30 or more points. Um, slow start. They trailed pretty much most of the game. I turned it off when and, it was 21-15 to 15 or something weird like that. But Jake Hayner, he's – He's talented, man. He, he makes decent decisions. Yeah, he's his reprogression is, is pretty good. I mean, he's got three really good wide receivers there mm -hmm. at Fresno State. Um, and, and just playing the the competition that they do for him to do what he does, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm going to say he's, he's, a, he's a definitely an honorable mention for me, but he is not my number five. He's my number six at this right, point. So, well, let's go with this. Who's your number five? This might come as a shocker to people, but it – he reminds me of Lamar Jackson. Was that Malik Willis? Willis from Liberty? Now they played last night as well, and Malik Willis—you can't say he cost them the game. He got strip sacked late, late with only about four minutes left, and the coaches didn't use their timeouts wisely to give him even a chance. But 
when when they put the ball in Malik Willis's hands, this dude is a burner. Mm-hmm. Like this dude can run. <laughs> he's he's fun to watch. And not only that, I remember you texted me. He he's like Lamar Jackson, but with a better arm. Yes, this I saw him throw. I he put <clears throat> a ball on a. What's the smallest coin you can think of? It's smaller than a dime. Something smaller than a dime. He put a ball on a, we'll say, a something smaller than a dime, 30-something yard, 30 yards downfield in the corner of the end zone to his wide receiver. Ah, perfect. Perfect, perfect ball. This dude has touch. He could work on his middle, over the middle, uh, in route game, his slant routes. He needs a little more there. He needs a little more there. But this dude has a better arm. And I think the throws, you know, you just have to, over the middle, really got to, hey, man, you got to sometimes throw your guy open. Mm -hmm. Especially the next level in the NFL. Joe Burrow is really good at throwing his receivers open. And I think he can develop that. I think he's a step further ahead in the passing game part of his development than Lamar Jackson was when he came out of Louisville. But Malik Willis from Liberty, man, he, he could be something. He could be a force to be reckoned with, that's for sure. So another guy I want to go over before we get into Ryan's honorable mentions, and Ryan does have him on here, uh, Carson Strong out of Nevada. Mm-hmm. Carson Strong, he's not going to beat you with his feet. He's a robot, man. He's, he's, he's planted. <laughs> yeah, he's a pocket passer, similar to like the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning Andrew type Luck. of Type of player. Andrew Luck can move. He can move a little, but not a lot. So he's not a guy that you want to necessarily go out and draft. Uh, but this kid, he make he's already making NFL level throws. Yeah, he's he, dropping yeah. them right where, right in the bread basket, right in the arms. He's a yeah. guy. He makes good decisions. He goes out there, and he's not going to cost you a game. But I like the kid. I mm-hmm. think he could be a valuable dynasty asset, but he's not the guy you want to go trotting out, trotting out there every week for your team because he's not a mobile. No, I mean, at this point in the season, Carson Strong is at 70s <coughs> and two interceptions. He, he's not blowing people away, but it's the eye test. Does he pass the eye test? And I've seen maybe three quarters of Carson Strong, and he passes the eye test. He, he He's definitely going to be... He's okay, going okay. to be given a shot somewhere. I'm not going to say he's definitely going to be, but he has the potential to be a solid starting QB for somebody yep. in the league that needs a QB. Yep. Maybe a replacement for Matt Ryan. That could be a, that actually the way that offense is ran, the way Atlanta's been. Hey, Cincinnati Bengals, if you're listening, I would love to scout for you. Just pay me to watch football all day long. I'll give you <laughs> the best and most accurate <laughs> breakdowns of anybody that is available to break down film for you and tell you who you should draft. <laughs> Good luck. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah right. scouting department. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Um, <laughs> and somebody you don't have listed on here, I wanted to bring up uh, Kevin Slovis out of USC. He's he's Keaton a name Slo- of Keaton Slovis. Keaton, sorry. Keaton. Keaton. K e d o n. Sorry, I couldn't remember his first name. It's Slovis. He's a guy. He's he, he's a guy to watch if he does come out. He's a true game manager. I will say he may not go to the next level. I know he missed at least last week with a concussion. He's had a history of these, and I know before this season there was some talk on whether he was going to continue playing football. 
So, I mean, if he does go out, he may not be a bad pick. But if he, he there's a chance he may not even play after this year, too. Right. Yeah, he, he's injury prone for sure. I mean, he's got he's got the skills. He's just not utilized as best as he could be. So, Ryan, anybody else you want to add in this honorable mention? I'm not going to go into too much detail, but some other QBs to look out for. Um, Nikozi Perry from FAU, he's a little bit smaller. Uh, he would definitely be probably – a project for sure, but he's got some talent. He's got the skill level there. And I will I, say with this, okay. Florida Atlantic is a smaller school, but you're starting mm-hmm. to see guys come out of these smaller schools. We had like a yeah. Carson Wentz, uh, Trey Lance, Aaron. Oh, Cal's not well, so. those both went to North Dakota State. Yeah, both but of still, those guys. they're smaller schools. Yeah, well, yeah, we're seeing it. We're seeing so, it. So just because oh, he's in a smaller school, playing against weaker competition, doesn't rule him out. We got to think James Morgan was drafted. Uh, ben DiNucci was drafted. Mm-hmm. And they're all small schools. Yep. Um, but a couple other QBs. I got Talia Tagiavola. That is to his little brother who transferred from Alabama after his freshman year and went to Maryland and has started at Maryland the last two years. Um, just <clears throat> passing the eye test here, man. Uh, Talia is 80 of 106 for almost just under 76% completion percentage. Almost a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, sixteen carries, thirty-six yards. The dude, the, the kid's a the kid's a baller. Um, but moving on, if and only if Bryce Young comes out after this year, he's a true sophomore. Um, we've been having debates. I've been saying, you know, you can come out after your sophomore year and play in the NFL. He's saying it's your junior year or redshirt sophomore year. Not necessarily that. It's after three years. You had to be out of high school for three years. So I don't think he's eligible, but and there's been talk that he's a 23 quarterback. I think he's number one on the 23 ranks. But If Bryce Young is capable and eligible to declare for the 2022 draft. He probably jumps up to my number one. He's my number one easily. Um, if he has to wait a year, bearing, barring any setbacks of – injury or whatever he would definitely be number one in 2023 um another guy to look out for at the qb position this is the last person i'll bring up is bailey zapp out of western kentucky um i mean the dude's only completed 56 passes uh he's at a 75 percent completion percentage but 860 yards 10 touchdowns and only two interceptions uh the dude's he's a slinger he slings it western kentucky he's pretty good um, but that's it for QBs. I don't want to take up too much time just by going over one position. Yep, so next we'll move on to running backs. Now, Ryan, you have some different rankings than most people have on this. A lot of people have Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller as one and two. No way. Um, you have Kenneth Walker as the third from Michigan State as your number one. What do you think about Walker? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. this This is me watching the game, all right? I, I've watched two of the three Michigan State games up to this <clears> point. <throat> Um, he's averaging 8.6 yards a carry. Um, dude, this guy is a bruiser. He's got great, great speed. All right, he's not, he hasn't really been utilized as a receiver out of the backfield, but he's shown that he can do it. Um, and in, in college, that's all you want. Can they catch or can they not? Right, and, and you're not going to get – I mean, everybody said, well, Najee Harris doesn't catch, and then we see last week. You know, week two he goes out. Well, and has people a, were talking about Jonathan Taylor saying he didn't catch the ball at Wisconsin. He didn't. They didn't run that kind of offense. You, uh, yeah, you got to see. So basically, if you see them and they have the capabilities of catching the ball, like they they showed the few times they get thrown to, they can catch. You're gonna say they can catch the ball. You're not gonna rule them out as a patch pass catching. Yeah, back. but just just watching Kenneth Walker, man, this dude has 
awesome speed and explosion through the holes. Uh, great field vision. Um, he can break tackles. He can also make people miss. Um, I, I just think his, his overall skill set says, this is my number one guy for this upcoming draft. And I, I think this is a good – this is a good, solid running back class for the most part. There's Once again, I don't feel like anybody here is elite, but I think there's going to be guys that can come in and make an immediate impact for your team. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, Alvin Kamara was not drafted at all, and look how he exploded on the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's going to be those guys occasionally, but they are right. the exception to that. And I'm trying to look at the stars now, and I, I try to compare – players that I see playing in the college level right now. Who who has these skill mm-hmm. sets that people want, especially on their fantasy football teams, uh, p- especially in PPR? Guys that get targets. Guys that can catch. Guys that can run. Guys that can break tackles. Guys that score touchdowns. Yep, so we'll move on to your second-ranked running back. We have Kyron Williams in Notre Dame. This was a hard decision for me to place Kyron Williams at number two, and the hard decision was not putting him at number one. Uh, this dude has killed defenses. This guy... He kills him. He, he just kills him. Um, he only averages 4.5 yards a carry. I just think he's playing against really good defenses. These guys mm-hmm. can tackle, right? Uh, Notre Dame's going through the ringer this year, as in, I mean, they, they barely beat Toledo, and they soundly beat Purdue. I don't but, know. I think it was a little closer than the score show. Yeah, it kind of was a late couple turnovers there by Purdue but they're they're barely but Purdue's got a good defense it's been solid so um Toledo I don't know much about Toledo and I can't remember who Notre Dame played FSU um this guy just runs through defenses uh he's he's probably the he's fast and he's got I mean on the season he's got 11 receptions for 150 yards so if you can get this dude in space he's gonna make people miss He's going to get yards. He's mm-hmm. going to get yards after the catch because we know if you're averaging 15 yards a reception as a running back, you're probably not running routes deeper than 15 yards. Yeah. <laughs> right? So he, he's making people miss, uh, and he's proven that he can catch the ball. Um, I, I just like the eye test of Kyron Williams from, from Notre Dame. Uh, he, he, he could definitely easily be my number one running back. All right, so your third-ranked running back. This is actually a guy I, I kind of brought to your attention, Zach Charbonnet. I know he actually he started his career at Michigan. His freshman year, he kind of broke out. Last year as a sophomore, he didn't play much. Uh, he was in Harbaugh's doghouse. But then yeah. he gets out of Michigan, and he's starting to show he can, he can ball. UCLA is pretty much beating people pretty easily. Yeah, um, they did just lose to Fresno State. Right, but, I mean, that was the first true – Test where he might yeah. have to play, right? Um, he did struggle a little bit that game, but his other games. This, but this kid, he has twenty-three carries and two hundred forty-two yards. He has now, that home run ability. For you mathematicians out there, that's averaging ten and a half yards a carry, um, and he's got two receptions, forty-nine yards, uh, six rushing touchdowns. He's not being used as much as he probably will need to be used later on in the season when they start playing conference play. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. The breakaway speed on this guy is just, wow. And he can break tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. There's not much that sets these three apart from each other, in my honest opinion. Zach Charbonnet, if he's there and you're, and you're in need of a running back. I think he's he's making a case to be that best running back in this draft. Um, 
this Zach Charbonnet, just watching a a little bit of film on him, he he's very Derrick Henry esque. Uh, he hits, he can run between the tackles pretty well, and then surprisingly, he can get around the edge. Surprisingly, he can take that running back screenplay for seventy five yards to the house. He can outrun you, but he can he can bull you over. He can run through you, and he can make you look like a little little kid. A little baby um, in the process. I didn't want to say anything too offensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, Zach Charbonnet, yeah, again, man, these top three, they could all be, I mean, pick what you want more. Um, all right, so your number four, we have Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama. This is, a, this is I think this is a surprising pick for a lot of people because we haven't seen anything of Brian Robinson. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, think back the last four or five years, and who who's been, he hasn't had to play. He hasn't had to play. But I remember a few years ago watching. <clears throat> I like to watch Alabama, and just saying, "Oh, who's that guy? That dude's huge. This guy's a monster, right?" And now that he's the, the RB one there in Alabama, he's proven that he he might be the best running back that they've had. They just don't need to use him. This Alabama offense is just it's a touchdown machine. And he doesn't really – and then they pull their starters in the third quarter or fourth quarter, and he, he's not getting the touches that he deserves. He's not getting the hype that he deserves. Uh, but, man, he, he's a great pass blocker. Uh, that's one thing I haven't seen a lot from Kenneth Walker and Kyron Williams. I haven't watched enough of Zach Charbonnet. But this guy can protect the quarterback. His field vision, his speed acceleration, great hands, breaks tackles, and he's always falling forward after contact if he's going to go down. Right, even if he's taking contact, he doesn't really fall backwards a whole mm-hmm. lot. Um, I really like this guy. Brian Robinson is somebody to keep your eyes on for sure, especially as the SEC play starts to kick into gear. All right, and so for number five, we have Brees Hall of Iowa State. He's one of the guys that a lot of people have competing for that one or two spot for him. Yeah, I can't say anything about Brees Hall. I haven't watched any of his games. He's my number five. He's had a couple five. key fumbles from what I've seen. Uh, basically, he's my number five because I just haven't had any chance to watch him. Um, you know, it's just what everybody else is saying, and the guys that actually get paid to do this, I'm, I'm that time I'm to tr- watch it more. <laughs> I'm trusting what they have to say about Brees Hall, but I can't say anything good. I can't say anything bad. Specifically, straight off the of stats, he's here because, well, the professionals say he's. He's really good, but he's my number five, and he, but he's not making it higher than that right now. Anybody in your honorable mention that you want to bring up? I would keep an eye on, and, and these are for your two PPR guys, Isaiah Spiller and Jerry on Ely. Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Isaiah Spiller, I did hear, he's he's changed his build quite a bit. He's become more lean. Yeah. He's definitely, he's one of those guys that a lot of the experts are projecting in one or two. Um, so keep an eye on him. But he's a great PPR guy. Jerry on Ely is out of Ole Miss, also a great PPR guy. And he's, I think Ely's, man, he could sneak up onto this top five very, very easily, especially with Matt Corral at quarterback, um, taking some of the pressure off of him. That guy's good. Um, somebody I haven't been able to watch recently or at all this year is Tyler Beatty from Mizzou. Last I checked, he had like six carries, 82 yards, and two touchdowns or whatever in their game against uh, Mississippi State today. Um, Zonovan Knight, just out of pure – Zonovan Knight from NC State, North Carolina State, 
just out of pure workload, this guy seems to be good. Um, averaging eight and a half yards per carry off of 35 carries. Um, isn't really utilized much in the passing game, but that, again, does he get the, the opportunities or not? And C.J. Verdell out of Oregon, he's a junior. Keep an eye on him. If he comes out this year, I think he will be a dark horse that nobody expects to do extremely well in the NFL. You know, another guy that you said was a dark horse, Jarrett Patterson. So, I mean, Ryan was on Jarrett Patterson. You know he wasn't drafted. Early. I was on him pretty he's, early I think somebody year. that's a good back at the Gibson. Mm-hmm. So, in, if Ryan really beats the drum for a guy that's not being talked about, I tend to trust him. <laughs> Somehow I just know. Man. You know one thing I miss? miss? Mm. Maction. Maction, yeah. Bring that I, back. I wish we had those smaller schools playing on like a Wednesday night. No, just Tuesday because Survivor's oh, Tuesday. back. <laughs> <laughs> Play them on Tuesday. Well, whatever. I mean, just be able to watch those games on some – the night that's not as busy when you can just turn them Tuesday on. Tuesday night. <laughs> um, so next we'll go ahead and go to wide receivers. So your first one – you got somebody from a school that we hate. I actually have two guys from the same school that we hate tied for one. Um, man, it's hard to separate these guys, and they're both almost spitting images of each other, and in my like, opinion. Both of these guys, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, my yep. notes on them is they both have looked good, despite having C.J. Stroud, who it's only going to throw the ball if they're wide open, and he overthrows right. the ball quite a bit. They both look good with a bad – no, I'm not going to say a bad QB, but – one that's not elite. Right, yeah. They look great without an elite QB, and that, that's a true eye test. I mean, these dudes can do it all. Uh, man, they got they got they have top caliber speed. They they both run routes amazingly well. They can make you miss in a gosh dang uh, phone, bo- uh, phone booth. Um, they get separation just because of their speed and their route running. They get great separation. They don't drop a lot of passes. I've never they, – they make the hard – Hard receptions, too. Uh, it's hard to differentiate which one of these guys is your number one, number two. I put them both, and then I just added four more just because I th- – <laughs> or I just added three more because I was like, I can't I can't decide which one's one or two. All right, so we'll move on to your third-ranked wide receiver, Drake London now USC. This dude has great size. He's big. He's strong. Um, he, he really reminds me of Julio Jones almost. Mm-hmm. I, I've only seen – I've only seen one game of Drake London play. And when I say I've seen one game, it means I'm watching it on TV. I have my wife in my ear talking about something that I'm not really interested (laughs) in or care about. So I'm trying to pay attention to that. I'm trying to take mental notes of what I'm seeing on screen. Uh, But this guy, he runs really, really solid routes. And and I might sound like a broken record with the – Great hands, great route running, great speed, great agility, blah, 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 blah. You have to have that to be in the top five. If you don't have any of these qualities, you're not going to be in the top five. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I hate to be a dead horse, but it's true. Uh, Drake London really – I'm going to compare him to Julio Jones. He catches everything. The catch radius of this kid is ridiculous. Um, the biggest note I have here for him is the, the 50-50 ball ability. He gets up and he doesn't lose that very often. If at all. So that's why he lands at my number three. All right, so number four, you have Jahan Dotson of Penn State. This dude's a burner. This guy, he bursted onto the scene his first game this year. He, like, yeah. he was somebody who wasn't being talked about, and since then he's... Uh, the one game I can really point out for Jahan Dotson was against the wideout against Auburn. Uh, this dude, he toasted the defense all over the field. Yep. He, he just left them there. Uh, they couldn't stop him. 
Speaking um, of the whiteout, even though I'm a Purdue fan, that's one of the college traditions that I want to experience once. I want to go to a Penn State game where it's a whiteout because that just looked fun. Yeah, I mean, this dude, uh, well, it wasn't that week. Somehow I got, let me get to here. Sorry, everybody. But Jahan Dotson, through three games, had 20 receptions, 245 yards, and three touchdowns. But the dude, the dude is just always open. He's always open. He's at the 7-11. <laughs> yeah, he's the Chet Johnson 7-11, <laughs> always open. I like this guy a lot. If you can't get Alave, Wilson, or London, Dotson's probably probably your next best option. He he could be a huge target magnet in the NFL. And so, that's why I like him, just so the from, workload. From there, we're going to move – or stay in the same conference. We're going to move to oh. your number five. Oh, oh, I was going to say, yeah, I'm not done with wide receivers. I got one more. Yeah, we're going to move to your number five receiver. A guy that I really like, and uh, David Bell from Purdue, who, you know, honestly, last last year, in yeah. Well, he was after. Last year, he produced better than Rondell Moore did his freshman year. Yeah, and I have Rondell Moore up here, and his numbers aren't going to blow you away. Uh, 21 receptions, 319 yards. That averages out to 15.9. For some reason, the TDs didn't update. Now, I have to yell at Devin for that because she obviously didn't do something. And I will right. say, uh, now we say I think he's had a better season than Rondell Moore did at Purdue, but these are two different receive, types of receivers. Yeah, this guy, he's he, my notes on him are he doesn't have your wow factor. Uh, he, he doesn't have the best of speed. He doesn't have the greatest agility. But somehow he always looks open or he goes and gets those 50-50 balls. The, the reason – David Bell is my number five right now is because he has exceptional route running. He reads zone defenses very well. He sits in the open areas. He, if he has to move to another open area because it's all of a sudden it's flooded, he can make that read. It just seems so natural to him. So he's kind of like a Larry Fitzgerald type. Yeah, and he's just he just catches everything. I haven't seen this guy drop a ball in three years <clears throat> at Purdue. Um, what? He just gets the job done. He's the best description of David Bell is he's a playmaker. Yeah, like I said, he gets the Larry job Fitzgerald done. type. He never had the elite attributes, but he was always open. He was always there. Hold on, we have a special guest. Hey, Devin, we're filming. What? We're filming. You're on air. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't have to answer. Bye. <laughs> All right, love you. Bye. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on there. So Ryan, do you want to go over any? over any honorable mentions here. Well, actually, before we do, you don't have this guy on here. I wanted to bring him up. Okay. Uh, Pickens from uh, Georgia. I hasn't He hasn't played in, in a single game this season yet. He is injured. He might come back this season. He's a name to keep an eye on. A lot of people have talked that he's the best wide receiver from this class, but he may not declare because of injuries. Yeah, I, I have him on my board. I got zeros across it. So, I, I'm really skeptical. I was really skeptical about Jamar Chase as well. So, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm picking. I'm just saying he's a name to keep an eye on that may not be talked about much, who hasn't played this year. If he doesn't play, I don't expect him to declare. But if he does, there is a slight chance. So, anybody else that you want to add to the honorable mentions? Uh, two guys I really want to take a look at or. Shout out is Dontario Drummond from All Miss. Dude, this guy he could he could easily take the place of any of these guys on this list. Um, I know that might sound weird, but he's kind of overshadowed by Matt Corral right now and Jerry on Ely. And there's two other wide receivers that are younger guys at Ole Miss. 
that get the job done. He he might be benefiting from so many weapons in at Ole Miss, and he might just but he just might be benefiting from that. But he looks great. He catches balls. He finds the open zones. He's great. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, and the next guy is is John Mechie the third at Alabama. I'm gonna um, stop you there. Name a year when Alabama hasn't had a good receiver. You're absolutely right. I mean, <laughs> going back to 2010, yeah, you're probably right. But John Mechie the third, he's a good slot guy. I don't think he's gonna. He has the size to play the one or two at the next level. But the dude's fast. He gets open, makes people miss. Um, two guys I haven't really been able to watch is Javon Halai. H-E-I-L-I-G-H out of Coastal Carolina and Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Haven't just looking at the numbers, they look they look pretty solid. They passed the, the black and white test here on paper. But other than that, um, I don't I don't really have a whole lot of wide receivers I'm really looking at. Again, it's a long season. It's a long time. <laughs> For everything to kind of come to fruition and see who separates themselves from other people. So, all right. So from here, we'll go ahead and move into our tight ends. Now, tight ends, most more often than not, there's maybe three, three at max tight ends you're drafting in dynasty this year. Uh, but we'll still go over Ryan's top five and then hit honorable mentions. Well, out of the little discussion and a little disagreement of when people could leave. Uh, for the draft, I removed Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Okay, so as, then as my number one tight end, that bumps up Payne Durham from yeah, Purdue. Yeah, I'm one looking this at year. Payne Durham here from Purdue, and we might be a little biased, but I mean, just looking through the weeks here, <clears throat> um, he's been involved every game so far. Payne, and even today, uh, he might be out. He got kind of a cheap shot there to the chest rib area. He but, took a big hit from a deep. Uh, but I mean, through through week three. Uh, 17 receptions, 203 yards, which averages out to just under 12 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and that was out of 18 targets. So he had one potential drop because a target doesn't necessarily yeah. mean a drop, right? And then even just watching him, the eye test, he it's not like it's, he's in he's being covered tightly. He, he's getting some separation. Here's the thing. he's He's got good hands, solid hands, but... Watching today, he should have had a he should have had a reception, but he got hit right in the dang chest and he dropped the ball. And um, every player that happens occasionally. But yeah, you're right. He he seems to be open a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a high target volume here at Purdue. I and, know Bryson Hopkins did as well, and he's in he's with the Rams right now and hasn't even seen the field. I don't think yet. The other thing with him so is he does seem to be hard. He, the other thing with um, Durham, he does seem to be a good pass block or a good blocking tight end, which is important because. You don't want your guys out there on the field just to catch because then everybody knows, okay, he's going out to run a route. Yeah, but he, he's still an, he's a reliable option at the tight end position. That I think that's for sure, and that's definitely been proven. All right, so then your number two, Jalen Weidermeyer. Weidermeyer. Yeah, Texas A&M. Texas A&M guy. Um, he has 12 receptions, 141 yards, uh, zero touchdowns. Uh, this is just basically – reading and listening to the other people that get paid to do this right for the most for part ESPN i will say tight ends are probably CBS. one of the harder ones to analyze it it's it all depends on the offense i mean kyle pitts was obviously a no well, yeah. tight end one um last year but and i will say with these guys these are guys that you're most likely taking later in your drafts because they take one, like two to three years most of the time three 
to develop. Last year, I, or last week, I watched a little bit of the Texas A&M game, 